Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. On this episode, we're getting real, talking about how important it is to be authentic and show the human side of being a dog influencer. Today's guest talked to me about how she decided to document her dog momming through social media and blogging, how she uses bookmarks to keep her growing to-do list organized, and her tips on creating engaging Instagram stories. Megan Mullins is a dog-obsessed, self-taught photographer and the wife of an Air Force pilot currently living in small-town Texas. After adopting her two corgis, Moose and Coda, Megan became obsessed with providing her dogs with the best life possible. She found that socialization, stimulation, exercise, and nutrition all play equal roles in a dog's quality of life, so she strives to fulfill each of those aspects every single day. Currently, Megan is the human behind Stumps and Rumps, a collection of dog-based health, lifestyle, and travel experiences that are intended to inspire healthier, happier, and more fulfilling lives for dogs and their owners. Hey, Megan. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you too because you just have such a beautiful presence online, the way that you capture your dogs, aka the stumps and rumps of the bunch. <laughs> it's really it's really beautiful and really inspiring. So tell us a little bit about um like how long have you had your dogs and what inspired you to I mean, I know that you want to be an amazing dog mom, but why did you want to document it online for everybody? Um well uh, I've had Moose and Coda for I got Moose in July of 2017. So I guess it's been a, I've been a dog mom officially for for 2 years. And I uh I just got Moose and I fell in love with him. And I I grow I'd grown up with with animals um as a kid, but I never thought about having a dog as my own how that would impact my life. So I got Moose and I just fell in love with him. And then he had food allergies. So I really invested in trying to figure out what was going on with his allergies. And that's why, um, sorry, I'm like. <laughs> that's okay. We all um, want to hear all about Moose. Because this is such like a, I think this is such a cool like aha moment. You know, a lot of a lot of people's dogs struggle with allergies and that inspires them to like learn more and become better dog owners and everything. But you know, what what you've done is really unique in documenting it all online. So Yeah. So I, I he had food allergies and I really didn't know what to do about it. So I just started researching it and that's when I realized that you know, the food that I was feeding him wasn't the best quality. And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out what works for him. And so I narrowed that down and then we ended up getting Coda and I just fell in love with both of them. And I just, I started learning things in the dog community that I never really thought would um, be impactful, like um, why it's important to cut your dog's nails or why it's important to brush your dog's teeth. 
And there's all these different things that um, as a normal everyday human being, I feel like we don't realize how those little things can impact your dog's overall quality of life. So um, that's kind of what started me wanting to kind of document the dog's life. But um, it also was I had a really cute corgi puppy, two corgi puppies that I wanted to take a million photos of. So I was taking photos on my phone and I was posting them on my personal account. And eventually like people were like, okay, we get it. Your dogs are cute. <laughs> so I felt the need to start my own account. Um, and I didn't want to fill up my camera roll full of dog photos. So I was like, I'll get a DSLR and take some photos and edit and just kind of have a fun time with it. I, it's, it's a hobby more than anything. Um, so the, the photography side of things and the dog education side of things kind of mesh together really well. And that's how Stumps and Rumps kind of came to be was um, photography mixed with like dog education into like the account. So that's kind of how that happened. I love it. And I think you've done so much. I can't believe that you've only, you only just got Moose like two years ago. And so you've been doing this for even less time. Um, it's amazing what you've, what you've built up. And I was like thinking when you were talking about, um, you know, how, how you kind of like went down this route and like learning more about what's important for dogs. It was making me think about like my first dog that we that I had. We got her when I was like 16. She was our family dog, and she had a wonderful life, <laughs> definitely. But there was so much that I didn't know that I know now. And I think like what's just so awesome is that this whole trend of like being a pet parent. Um, you know, we've gone from dog owners to pet parents, and it really is a big difference. Like now, we really do know so much more and there's like so much more available and accessible and I think having so many dog bloggers like us like sharing why you should brush your dog's teeth or whatever it's I, I'm just so excited to see like with my own dogs um, how, how it impacts them when they become like true seniors um, to see you know if they live longer or if their quality of life is better when they get older because of all the stuff I've been doing for years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. My husband and I were actually talking about it the other day. Um, you know, like I said, we both grew up with animals. My husband's family owned a dairy. I grew up raising pigs and we've had all kinds of dogs in our lives. Um, Rottweilers, Jack Russell Terriers, Beagles. I mean, you name it. I mean, we've just had dogs. And it's so funny because there's been such a sudden shift in the dog owning mentality. Um, and I feel like it, it happened pretty quickly. Like I, I don't feel like, like maybe 10 or 15 years ago, it was the same. Um, and now everybody, I mean, even my parents who I grew up with, you know, dogs that they were raising, they've completely changed how they raise their own dogs too. So I'm really happy that I get to be a part of inspiring people to give their dogs better lives. It's my passion. It's what I enjoy doing. And um, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a blogger. I wouldn't consider myself a blogger. I mean, I always, I did good in school writing, but it, it, writing is not my passion. Education is my passion. So blogging, I guess, is my way of educating people. So I'm, I'm teaching myself writing at the same time. So it works out. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say you count as a blogger. <laughs> <laughs> so talk, talk a little bit about, so we've seen this shift, right, from like dog owner to pet parent. And I think that um, another interesting thing, like a parallel to that is on Instagram, there's so many 
dog accounts that like yes. just post the dog. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and like you and I and some other people feature the woman behind the account a lot more. Um, so, so talk a little bit about that. You know, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's made a huge difference on my account to feature myself. My account's always featured me. It was never a purely dog account. So it's a little bit different than a lot of other dog accounts. Um, but I've noticed such a difference. I think like my audience can relate to me so much more. I make so much deeper connections by including like my literal face <laughs> on things, either in posts or on my stories. And you've done that as well. And you post about that too, about, you know, being authentic and being out there. So tell us a little bit about why you do that. Oh gosh, that was hands down probably the hardest transition for me. Um, I can shove my camera in my dog's face all day long and and be fine with it. But the minute that I you know set the settings up and give the camera to my husband and tell him to point and shoot, it it really changes the dynamic quite a bit. And it's hard. It's hard to post photos of yourself. And a lot of people are really supportive of it. I've gotten a lot of comments about, oh hey, it's so nice to finally you know, get to see your face and know who you are. And um, part of being an influencer is about being transparent. And so people want to see your house and want to see what your daily life is with your dogs. And you can't show all of that without showing a little bit of you in the process. So um, in everyone kind of has like a New Year's resolution. And uh, in January, I was like, okay, more photos of me. <laughs> So that's what I did is I asked my husband, I said, would you be okay with, um, you know, learning photography a little bit and helping me take some photos? And he was like, yeah. Um, so I, every once in a while I'll, I'll jump in front of the camera, but still I, it's not a lot of me, maybe like one out of every like four or five photos on our page will be me, but it's just enough, I think, to give people an insight into, um, our lives and to see like, hey, this is the person behind the account. This is the face of, of Stumps and Rumps, obviously, other than Moose and Coda, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really fun. And I think that like when you're interacting and commenting and replying to stories, it makes it so much easier when you can like picture that person's face or kind of like know how they talk or something like that. It's so, it's so personable. And it's so funny because um, I don't do a lot of voice recordings on my stories. I think actually, I think like 70% of people listen to stories without volume. So yes. I don't really have a need to, I don't feel like, oh, I need to put my voice out there. So for anyone that's listening to this podcast that follows us, this is probably the first time they've heard my voice. So they see my face a lot, but I don't know if they actually know what my voice sounds like. So this is what my voice sounds like. <laughs> but um, no, I think um, it, it, it certainly gives people a picture. Of, it just, um, you just, that's like your friend, you know, um, it just is a great way to connect with people without, um, you know, meeting them in person. So I think it's, it's really important that, um, you know, people kind of push themselves out of their comfort zone and show their face a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. So, so tell us a little bit about Instagram stories. I love that you pointed out that like 70% of people listen to it without the sound because they're probably like in a meeting or at some kind of their child's play or something like that. And they yeah. sound on. <laughs> or like me while my, when my husband comes home and talks about his work day, I'll sit there and scroll through stories. Be like, uh-huh. Yeah. 
don't listen. <laughs> so there's like real reasons why people can't have the sound on. Um, so like what kind of stuff do you post in stories to make it interesting and fun and engaging without using sound? Um, you know, I really like obviously putting a little bit of text in there. That's always a good time. Um, but kind of, you know, doing it a little, doing your videos in more of like a cinematography kind of way where you focus on one thing and then focus on another and kind of scan the room a little bit. There's a lot of ways to diversify your stories and make them um, interesting and fun to watch without having any sound. Um, and then, you know, of course, Instagram, you can add the stickers, the polls, the, um, location tags, things like that to kind of make things interesting. But um, in terms of what I post, I just kind of post our everyday stuff. I never really go out of my way to be like, okay, I'm going to do like a, a Instagram story series or anything like that. Um, if Moose does something cute or Coda does something cute, or I feel like documenting something that um, I think people would enjoy, then I just take my phone out and take a quick 10 second video and post it. And and that's about it. I think, um, you know, just diversity is really important to me. I don't try and like post the same like story every day, but um, just trying to change it up a little bit is what I think makes it the best. Well, and I think that's a great thing to point out, just like to not overthink it and just do it. Because, um, you know, I talk to people all the time. People are asking me how to grow their Instagram and stories are an important part of Instagram now because they're all over the app. Like every anywhere you scroll, anywhere you click, Somehow stories are part of everything. So they're an important thing to do, but I think a lot of people just get intimidated about what to show. So it's great advice to just like start, just do it. I used to, I used to be so paranoid about my stories. I would, um, I would like clean the house before I would do any stories so that everything looked nice. And I'd like be like, you have to, Lance, you have to do the dishes real quick because <laughs> I have to take your story. And now I'm like, my pillows are everywhere and there's dishes piled up in the sink and there's dog hair bunnies just rolling around the floor. And I'm just like, this is my life. You know, now I post videos of like when I vacuum, I'll literally post videos of like all the dog hair that comes out of the vacuum. <laughs> I'm, I've, I, it, it, you have to kind of submerge yourself in it. And once you get in it and you start doing it, you're like knee deep in all the stories. You're like, I'm, this is going to be raw. This is going to be me. And people can see like real life, what it's like owning these two dogs. <laughs> but don't you think you get like way more engagement and people are oh more gosh. interested in that kind of stuff? Oh my gosh. I get so many people that like, oh my gosh, you know, my dog shed so much too. And then, you know, that's a great example. So with the vacuum situation is I'll post all my dog hair that I pull out of my vacuum <laughs> and I'll get like 20 messages from people like, um, you know, how do you stop them from shedding or how do you, what do you do to control it other than vacuuming or what vacuum do you use? Or it just starts conversations that people genuinely want to know. And had I vacuumed before I'd done the story and done some completely different story, that's a misconnection. You know, I love talking about how much my dog shed. I live in it every day. <laughs> I live in the dog hair. Let's talk about dog hair because uh, that's reality and, and people that own dogs, they get it. <laughs> well, so what vacuum do you have? Uh, I have a shark. It's the, oh gosh. I, I have know. a shark too. It's like the rotator or something like yes, that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly that's the one I have. also my favorite vacuum. <laughs> I'm like, I looked up cause I was like, okay, we I need a vacuum, what vacuum to get. And literally I was just like vacuums for dog hair. <laughs> cause that's the only reason I really have to vacuum is for the dog hair. So it works great. Anyone that's looking for a vacuum, the, the shark rotator is thumbs up. Like I the agree. best. I agree. It's my the favorite. best. 
Well, so speaking of equipment, like, okay, vacuums are very necessary for dog momming. Um, but also cameras are very important. So <laughs> let's like shift gears a little bit and, and talk to us about um, your camera. Since like you just, you like pretty recently got into photography and everything. How did you choose what kind of camera to get? That seems like intimidating to me to figure out. So my photography journey is kind of a funny one because it, 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 I'm not one growing up. I wasn't like interested in photography. I wasn't out like taking pictures of random things. Um, all through high school, I wasn't really through interested in photography. Um, when my husband and I lived in San Diego, I worked uh, in marketing for a uh, big shopping center in San Diego. It was beautiful. And, um, part of marketing is marketing the events that we would host. So we'd host these beautiful, um, you know, spring events and fall events, and we'd have balloon animals and all kinds of crazy stuff, um, fashion shows. And we would always hire event photographers to come and take photos of the events. And we had, uh, the biggest event of the year and we'd hired our usual photographer and the last minute she got the flu and she couldn't come. So. Uh, this was like the busiest weekend ever in San Diego. I don't know what was going on, but every photographer we reached out to couldn't come. So I, uh, my boss was like, here's $300. Go get yourself a camera and teach yourself how to shoot. And you're going to shoot this event tomorrow. So I picked up, I think it was like a Rebel uh, T3i. It was like just the most basic starter DSLR. Um, and I learned it, you know, got the manual, started reading the manual, figured out how to use it in uh, you know, automatic shooting. I didn't know how to use any of the settings, but just point was able to point and click enough to figure it out. And um my boss was happy with the photos, said keep the camera. And um I really liked the camera. I don't know why. It just was like something that I was like, I really want to learn this a little bit more. So I went home and started taking photos of my dog because that was the only thing that would sit in front of the camera for me. Yeah. Thank <laughs> so, you. Moose became, um, you know, the subject of my photos. And obviously when you have cute puppy photos, you have to post them. That's like a requirement. It's illegal it's a requirement not to post them. Law, yes. So um, I just started posting them. And um, then I learned that there's professional pet photographers, which blew my mind because I was like, what a job to have. That's so much fun. Um, so I joined a few pet photographer groups on Facebook. I think Nicole, I think you did an interview with her. She runs yeah. one of them. Nicole uh, Begley. That's the hair of the dog. The dog. Yeah. Yeah. She's wonderful. And I joined that group and I think there's a few more pet photography groups, but, um, just kind of started going from there. I taught myself and, um, you know, was inspired by Allison Shamrall and Charlotte Reeves and Nicole and all the other professional pet photographers that do it for a living. And um, it, it certainly has not been without lots and lots and lots and lots of practice. But uh, going back to the equipment, I have a uh, Canon 5D Mark IV for my body. And then the two lenses that I shoot with are the 24 to 70 millimeter and then the 70 to 200 millimeter. Um, and those are both Canon uh, lenses as well. But um, yeah, it started with a $200 camera and now I've got a couple thousand dollars set up, but um, it's fun. It's a good time. And uh, it's, it, it totally goes with my, my passion. It, they work so well together, the Instagram with the dogs and the photography. So I get a lot of questions about my photography though. I think that's probably the most asked question on my, my, my DMs is what, how do you photograph your dogs? What equipment do you use? And then 
I use Lightroom for my editing software because I know a lot of people ask too. Haven't taught myself Photoshop yet though. That's like my one. There's always one thing I feel like people have that they're like, I really should learn how to do that. <laughs> for me, it's Photoshop. It's like, I know I need to learn it. I just, it just is not, I don't have a drive to learn it. So I don't think I, I, I don't know if I ever will, but um, it's, it's on my, my long list of things to do. <laughs> well, I love Photoshop and I would, I would highly recommend everybody, anyone who's creative to learn how to do it because it's just, it's so fun and like the things that you can do with it. But I don't know, light I don't know how to use Lightroom. I don't have the whole Adobe suite. I actually only have Photoshop. <laughs> um, so I guess my capabilities are, you know, different. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing too, is I think everyone has, you know, and a lot of, there's a lot of photographers that just edit their photos straight from Photoshop and don't use any Lightroom. Mm -hmm. um, it really is, it's like anything else that's creative. It's whatever medium works best for you. You know, some people paint with oil, some people paint with actual paint, some people paint with chalk. So um, my recommendation is get them all and try them all and see which one works best for you. I have Photoshop. It's in my, uh, many Adobe things that I don't use. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with Adobe now, like you can do it like on the cloud or whatever. So I think it's easier than ever to get access to all the different programs. Yeah. And I think Lightroom even has like an app on your phone, which can be super addicting as well. Cause then, you know, my husband will be like, get off the computer and come hang out with me for a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I get off the computer. I walk over to the couch, like get on my phone and start editing. <laughs> photos on my phone he's like no like when I said get off the computer like stop <laughs> stop working so yeah, yeah pay it, attention to me <laughs> my husband he's so funny he um I swear he thinks like my dogs are you know replacing him with like you know because and they love him too I mean Coda Coda is obsessed with them but I feel so bad because like my that's the one dangerous thing about working from home is it's not like a normal nine to five where you're like, okay, five o'clock time to go home. You know, it's always with you. So last night at like 10 o'clock, I was like editing a photo, but it's hard sometimes to separate the work life and to like stop, you know, and, and just, you know, not take stories or not, not do something in, in regarding account. Cause it's the account's supposed to represent your life. But at what point do you stop your life to do the Instagram or do you stop Instagram to do your life? So it's kind of like a work, work home yeah balance. that's the hard thing about I think being like a lifestyle influencer or blogger or whatever whatever you, you want to call yourself but um like we're documenting our lifestyle so it is hard to know where it stops and when it starts and does it does it ever I don't know if it ever stops I know um gosh I'll message people at, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night not be able to sleep I'll like message people you know respond to people's dms they're probably like why is she up at two o'clock in the morning um, <clears throat> or like listen to podcasts. Like I think I listened to your podcast one time at like 1130 at night. It just is, uh, it just is like, well, if I can't sleep, I might as well do something productive. Um, I was just saying, I'm thankful I have a really, really awesome husband who just allows me to be crazy and just take videos and photos whenever I want. And usually he won't say anything. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty thankful for that. Well, he can probably tell how passionate you are about it and it's important to you. It keeps me busy. He's, I think he's happy that I found something that, I, you know, he kind of has a crazy job too. He's a pilot. He like flies planes. He wants to be like a fighter pilot. So um, I think we both have these crazy kind of ambitious careers that most people um, would, I mean, they would be like, oh, that's an awesome job, but would never actually pursue them. So, um, you know, we move around for the military and stuff like that. So I feel like for him, um, you know, 
I follow him with his ambitions and he can follow me with mine. It's kind of like a trade-off. It all works out in the end. It does. So do you have like um, any, any kind of like tasks or to-do lists or things like that that you do every day or every week to sort of keep yourself on task? Because it is so hard working from home by yourself with the dogs. They're not exactly the best about holding you accountable to stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And they're probably, it's so funny because my job is centered around them, but they're probably the number and reason why I don't get stuff done. <laughs> so it's kind of ironic because it's like, I'm trying to work and my work is about you, but I can't do it when you, you know, they, they want to like wrestle under my feet or chew on something or, you know, want to go for a walk or they'll bring in the Frisbee and want to play. Um, but in terms of having, I'm a big, big person of lists. I'm, I actually have a post-it note in my hand right now. Cause I'm like, as soon as we're done with the podcast, I like, I'm thinking of things that I need to do <laughs> this week. I'm like, okay, I have post-it notes everywhere all over the house. I'm a big fan of lists. Um, but I don't know. I have a, I bookmark almost all of my, um, my pages that I use a lot. So like Aspire IQ or my website page or um, Google Analytics or whatever the case may be. So usually I'll start at the top and kind of work my way down and be like, okay, um, have I checked my Amazon affiliate link uh, this week? Have I um, checked my analytics for my website this week? Have I checked what campaigns are going this week? So I guess that's probably the easiest way that I manage what I do. Um, and then obviously my list as I, <laughs> as I think of something, I'll quickly jot it down and, and post it, note it somewhere. And then, uh, eventually I'll go down the list and, and cross things off as I get them done. Um, it's kind of a little bit of ADHD. I'm not, I don't personally know of an influencer that like has a list and, or has a, a calendar or anything and does things as they're supposed to do them. But, um, that's the creative mind for you. It can't ever sit in one spot at the same time. So we got to wrangle it in somehow. So my, my post-it note list is how I, how I uh, keep myself on track. Well, I also love how you just like bookmark stuff because I, and I'm glad to hear that you do that because I do the same thing and I have, um, different tabs in my bookmarks bar. And one of them is influencer networks. And I go on and I have Aspire IQ and Isaiah and like all the different, um, kind of networks that I find sponsored opportunities through and not every week, but definitely a couple times a month I go on and I just open all of them in like six different tabs <laughs> and just search for anything like dog related that I could maybe pitch myself for. So I think that that is a really good way to organize stuff. Yeah, no, it works out. I, you know, it's funny too, cause I never was a big user of bookmarks before I started this. I don't think I ever used bookmarks actually. But now I like bookmark everything like my bookmark. I think it's like I have my computer like I have at least one page full of just bookmarks for all the stuff that I use canvas on there. My obviously like my my emails on there. It's so nice. I love having it because I just it just saves an extra five seconds of typing in. Yeah, you know, and then um, it's it easy also, to forget. It helps me like too. stay on on track with like what I have to do. Like, for example, like with blog posts. Like I, I never have, I'm not good at having like a, a checklist of like do A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. Like there's like 27 steps. Um, but I do have bookmarked, like I have a headline analyzer. I've got like a keyword finder, you know, SEO thing and like all these different links. And if I just go in my bookmarks, then I can make sure I do it all. But 
Um, yeah, actually, you've made me realize that I am more organized than I thought. <laughs> My, and that's the one, you know, because I remember in school, um, you had brought up like blogging, how blogging's not organized at all. And um, in school, like they, you know, they usually give you those big sheets. It's like, okay, what's your thesis? What's your supporting statements? And I'm like sitting here thinking as we're talking, I'm like, I don't do any of that. I just sit down and write for a few minutes. And then as soon as my writer block shows up, I go and do something else. And then I come back and write it, write some more and then delete that paragraph. I don't know why I wrote that. You're rid of that. <laughs> like, it's so unorganized, but I feel like at the same time it's authentic and it's more real and it's less structured. Um, I feel like there is a time and a place for like structured blog posts and like super organized stuff. But uh, for me, I'm just like, yeah, this is how I feel. So I'm going to write it down and hopefully it, it sounds good when somebody reads it. And so far I think it's worked out okay, but my husband always gets on me. He's like, you need to like organize your thoughts because he's like sitting here like rearranging my paragraphs. Like this doesn't go here and like... <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, I just wrote what sounded good in my head and it seemed to work out fine. So I think it always is better to just write, write like you talk and say what you mean and just like put it out there. Yeah. I love reading blog posts that are like, you're just having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think there's a time and a place for super organized, super, you know, thesis, supporting statements, closing statement. Um, but, um, that kind of gets dry after a while. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to keep it creative and yeah, I'll like use words that really aren't even words, you know, double, double dash something, you know, and dot, dot, dot. God, my husband gets on me so much about when I do the dot, dot, dot thing. <laughs> when I'm like continuing a thought, he goes, this is not grammatically correct at all, <laughs> but I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> It, it works well in my head. So that's what, that's what comes out and that's what, uh, what happens, but it's a good time. We have a good time with, uh, editing stuff and we'll make jokes at each other. Cause we'll, he tries to bring organization to my crazy chaotic mind and it, it works out really well. Yeah. I will. I think it's working out very well for you. Well, um, unfortunately we've come to the end of time for this podcast. So Megan, tell everyone where they can find you online and, and read these, some of these posts that we've been talking about? Um, well, Stumps and Rums, thankfully, is uh, super unique. <laughs> so Stumps and Rums for everything, um, Instagram, Stumps and Rums, Facebook, Stumps and Rums, and the website is uh, stumpsandrums.com if you guys want to read um, any of the blog posts. And um, I love questions. That's like my true passion in life is answering people's questions. So if you guys read anything or have any questions about anything, um, my DMs are always open. Um, as you've heard in this podcast, I may respond at 2 a.m., <laughs> um, but I will respond nonetheless. So thank you so much for having me, Tori. I had so much fun talking with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wherewagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the dog park. <laughs>